listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today's broadcast, I want to deal with one of the things that... um, that has always annoyed me. It has always annoyed me about uh, what you hear. Some people uh, who teach the prosperity message. Now I'm thankful for every person that's truly teaching the prosperity message. You know that we believe in divine prosperity. You know that we believe in biblical prosperity. In fact, if you haven't seen it already, um, we have a whole course on Miracle Word University It's the latest course that we released on uh, biblical prosperity, Uh, not like not natural, not what sinners have, but the way that the Bible teaches it, that God will make you rich. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow unto it. So we're not talking about natural prosperity, but biblical prosperity. And, uh, you know, I'm for it more than you can even imagine. I believe the Bible teaches it. I believe God's provided it. I believe in it. We teach it, we preach it and we live it. And I believe in it with all my heart. But one of the things that's kind of been an irritant for me, uh, when I hear some people talk about this subject is they can talk about prosperity in a, uh, in a way that really ends up becoming irresponsible. They talk about it in a way that becomes irresponsible. I'm going to tell you what I mean. And I'm not talking about what you spend it on. And I'm not talking, none of that. I'm talking about the principles with which they teach prosperity. So I want to deal with this one myth today that you got to be careful. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the myth that I'm going to, uh, to show you today. Now, as we're teaching, I, without question, believe in overflow. (laughs) I mean, I can't, and there's no, but coming after this, I believe in overflow, but no, I'm not trying to like water down the message of prosperity by any means, by any means. Uh, I like, like they're saying in the comments heaps. Yes. We're declaring heaps. It'll be so much. You won't be able to contain it. You won't be able to believe it. You won't be able to understand how God's doing it. I'm not by any means. And I want, I want this to be uh, my preface. I'm not by any means limiting the level of prosperity or trying to put a cap on somebody's blessing or put a cap on somebody's prosperity has nothing to do with that. But I hear people make comments and statements, preachers, that it's not only a foolish thing to do, it doesn't line up with scripture, doesn't line up with scripture. And so they've made prosperity on either or when it's a both and. Let me, let me say that again. They've made these principles on prosperity. They've made it an either or instead of a both and that's, and and that's what it needs to be. What what I'm getting ready to show you today, it needs to be a both and conversation, not an either or prosperity is not an either or. And, um, one of the things that people don't realize is when you teach it in the either or way and you relegate what I'm going to show you today to, well, that's just the world's way of doing things. If you relegate it to that, let me just tell you from experience, that is one of the number one reasons why I see people missing out on their prosperity. Okay. So what is this subject we're talking about today? Uh, there's pastor Phil right there and we're standing with you, pastor Phil and the whole team up in Canada. What is this issue that we're discussing today? The issue is overflow versus stewardship. I want you to put that in the comments, put it in the comments, overflow versus stewardship. And and it shouldn't be versus, but this is how many people have made it. They've made it as though that your overflow negates the necessity, there's no necessity. It negates the need for stewardship. So put it in the comments that way overflow versus stewardship. 
And that's such a dumb thing to do. And, and there's people that'll teach, you know, well, if, if, if you're all into that stewardship and all the budgeting and the planning and uh, that, you know, you don't understand biblical prosperity. And the problem is you can't read the Bible without understanding the need for faithfulness and stewardship. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous to try to throw them out. So well, that's the world's way of doing things. I ain't talking about some man-made plan. I ain't talking about some budget. I'm talking about the overflow. So the problem is, when you start preaching and talking like that, is that one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons that people don't step into overflow, one of the reasons that they don't step into abundance is because they're not faithful to steward what God already gave them. And people think, well, I don't know where my blessings at. You've been, you've been preaching blessing and you've been preaching increase and I don't understand. I've been sowing and I've been tithing and I don't know. And the reason people don't know where their money's at is because they've not been faithful with the thing God has put in their hands. And so as a result, they're not walking in abundance. They're not walking in overflow because they don't understand what the Bible teaches. They don't understand what the Bible teaches. And so one of the things that we need to get right off the bat is that (laughs) you've got to recognize the fact God looks at his servants and he looks at their faithfulness and he looks at their uh, wisdom and their dedication with what's already in their hand. I want to take you somewhere real quick. And we're going to go through a few things today, but I I want to relook at this Matthew 25 passage. Say, well, if you're walking in the kind of abundance that I'm talking about, you won't need a budget. You won't need. The problem is you don't just end up there. (laughs) That's, that's true. I don't know, Robert. I don't know why I always go to the Southern accent. Maybe that's what I'm just used to hearing. But I want to take a look at this Matthew 25 principle again. Because it, it sheds some light on how the master thinks about these things. And of course, we're in Matthew 25 uh, with the parable of the 10 talents. And there's something that we need, a couple of things that we need to look at from this principle here. Um, the Bible says, I'm going to start reading with verse 14. <laughs> For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two talents. To another one, to another one. Now, now here's where I want you to get. Start right off with this parable. He didn't start by giving these servants talents based upon his own prejudiced thoughts towards them. Well, I just feel like giving, I like him. I like him, so I'm gonna give him five. I don't like him as much, so I'm gonna give him two. And I like him the least, so I'm gonna give him one. No, that is not how the original talents were uh, distributed in this passage at all. Notice verse 15 at the end. He gave one five, one two, and another one to each according to his ability. So I want you to get this right off the bat. The talents that were put in their hands were directly linked with their abilities. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So watch this now. They've already sowed a seed of their time to understand how to handle what's been put in their hands. That's why the one with five had greater ability than the one with two or the one with one. He had greater ability and had proven it in the past. And so as a result, he got more put into his hand than the one who got two and the one who got one. So right off the bat, you need to see blessings are never random. I preach this all the time and people, I know you're getting it, but some people don't understand it. I know the victory tribe understands this. Some people don't understand this. Blessings are not 
random. They are acquired by faithfulness and dedication. And so verse 15 makes it very clear that they each got from the master what they were worthy to get because of their previous ability and their faithfulness and their production level in the past, right? And so because we understand that, we can move forward the right way. Because if we stop here and we don't get that, then we think, well, you know, the master just chose to give one, give one five. I hope the master puts me into overflow at some point. I hope God, you know, just looks down from heaven and says, hey, here's a servant. I think I'll give him an overflow. God doesn't choose like that. God doesn't choose like that. And that needs to be taught. God doesn't choose like that. He doesn't randomly bless people that way. It was based upon their ability. What you do determines what you get. What you do determines what you get. And as we move into this parable, one of the things that you're going to see is that uh, not, not only did they, did he say that that was the case, yep, previous abilities got you these talents, but what they did in the parable is proof that he made the right choice in what talents he gave which servants. <laughs> What they did with what they were given, it just goes to show again, he made the right choice, giving one five, giving one two, and giving another one. Because when you read the parable, the one who had five invested the five and got another five back. The one who had two, he invested the two, got another two back. And the one who had one buried it in the ground. That's not stewardship. That's not stewardship. And so when the master came back, now I want you to look at his responses. When he comes back, verse 20, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more saying, master, you delivered to me five talents here. I made five talents more. His master said to him, look, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. All right. He who had two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much and enter into the joy of your master. Let me stop. Let me stop there. One of the cool things that you'll see here is that though one had five and one had two percentage wise, they both pulled the same increase. They both doubled what was given to them. Now, the only reason that the one who had five had more is because in the past he'd done more than the others which means more was released into his hands. See, if God knows he can trust you with the things that he's put in your hands, he will then entrust you with more. See, this is what I want people to get. I don't think, I don't think people understand how much of your life is a test. I really don't think people get that. God is always observing you. And I want you to put this in the comments. My life is a test. Put it, in, put it in the comments. My life is a test. And I don't mean you're going through tests and trials. I mean, God is watching you to see what you're going to do with what he's given you. My life is a test. So God's always watching. He's watching the faithfulness and the stewardship of his children. And what God does for you is based upon what you are willing to do for him. No question about that. What God does for you is a, re a result of what you're willing to do for him and what you do for him. So your life is a test. God's observing. That's why people, uh, they, they get, they balk at the tithe. What a stupid thing to miss out on the tithe. Because all the tithe really is, 
is an act of obedience so God can measure where your heart is at. That's all. It's a set amount. It never changes. The percentage remains the same. And all God's doing at every level of your increase, it remains a test of your heart. It's not even enough to get you blessed. It's the seeds you sow that bring you a harvest. When I return the tithe or pay the tithe to God, I'm returning to him what's his. And at every level, all it really is, is a test of my heart, right? People say, well, you know, I'll tithe when I get up to start making more money. No, you won't. Not if you don't do it now. You won't. You won't. I'm willing to, listen, if I made a thousand a month, I would tithe on that. If I made a million a month, I would tithe on that. See, why would God take you higher? Why would God take you higher if he can't trust you at the lower? See, that's, that's really where we're at. And so this principle needs to be understood, first of all, is that uh, what did he say to the servants here when he came back? He said, I made you five. You gave me five. I made you five. He said, great. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Now, here's the, here's the phrase I want you to get into your spirit. You have been faithful over a little, and I will now set you over much. That's a big principle to get right there. If you're faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. It's big. That's right, Caitlin. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And that never gets done. It means you don't, you don't value the instructions that the Lord's given you. You don't value what he's instructed you to do. And see this, this principle here, faithful over a little, I'll make you ruler over much. This is a, this to me is one of the most important things anybody can get a hold of. Because if you won't do what it takes to receive the blessing at a lower level, trust me when I tell you, you'll never do it at a greater level. Never, never. And, and the Bible tells us, and for example, in the context in the book of Zechariah, they were getting ready to build the new temple of God, the new temple. And the Bible says they laid the foundation. And when the foundation was laid, the people began to rejoice. People began to rejoice. And others that had seen the previous temple, they didn't. Re- he said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. For the Lord was pleased to see the work begin. Let me tell you. I'm not today where I'm going to be in 20 years if Jesus tarries. I'm not here. Where, I'm not where we're going to be in 50 years if Jesus tarries. I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not staying here. You're not staying here. So don't look where you're at currently and say, oh, I just wish I was further. I don't know why and get discouraged. No, don't despise the day of small beginnings. I want you to confess this out of your mouth. Put it in the comments. Today is the smallest I'll ever be. Today is the smallest that I'll ever be. Put it in the comments and don't doubt it. Today is the smallest I will ever be in Jesus' mighty name. And so I'm not, we're not going to diminish if we're faithful over a little. See, that's why we don't despise the day of small beginnings because you got to start somewhere. You've got to begin somewhere. That's the principle. Be faithful over what's in your hand right now. And when I hear people preaching, and teaching. They're like, no, I'm talking about the kind of increase. I'm talking about the kind of overflow where you don't have to pull out a budget, where you don't have to wonder. It's like, okay, how did you get there? <laughs> Explain that one. How did you arrive there? How did you arrive there? You just sowing them seeds when you sowed them seed. Yeah, we should be sowing seeds. How did you get there? Because for some, one of the things they need to be taught is that part of what they need to steward and budget is budget what they're going to give to God. I've done that. We've done that. We do it now. And we don't just, you know, and people make fun of even Christian people. You know, like Dave Ramsey, he's a Christian teaching biblical principles of increase. Biblical principles of increase. 
<laughs> and so when I understand the things that are being said from scripture, then I'll recognize that God's looking for people truly that are willing to be good stewards of what he's put in their hand. There are some people who put their money as the Bible teaches in a bag with holes in it. They put their money in a bag with holes in it. And, and as a result, it's now here's one of the biggest things you need to get. You could even, if this has happened to you, you could examine yourself. I've even had people come to me. I've been back when I was helping my uncle and, um, someone came into the church and they were all bent out of shape because they couldn't figure out why they weren't seeing increase and overflow. And, um, I said, well, I'd, I'd be happy to help you. And I've told you this story. I said, go get, get me all your bills, your expenses, show me your whole, everything you owe, all those things. When we sat down and went over all of his expenses and what he was making and all that he had, even though he was still doing stuff with his money that was stupid, like he had, you know, like six used cars that he owned, which was stupid, even though that was all happening, he, when I did the numbers, he still had like $1,200 or something every month that he had no idea where it was going. I was like, where's this extra money? I said, here's what you make. Here's all you owe. You got and the, after your tithes and everything, $1,200 is left over. Where's that money going every month? He's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And then you say, I, I wonder why is, uh, and then they, they want to act like, well, I'm not blessed. I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, you're not, it's not that you're not getting blessed. We just proved that on paper. It's not that you're not getting blessed. It's that you're putting your money in a bag with holes in it. And you might get to the end of the month and have no money left, but that doesn't mean you didn't have money. And the other thing is, is that you're, you're putting this thing together and there's zero stewardship involved, zero stewardship. And people are like, I don't know I'm not, what pastor said. I'd be in the overflow. It's not that you're not in the overflow. It's that you don't know what you're doing with your overflow. And that is where I appreciated a phrase that, uh, Dave Ramsey gave at one point. And he said, I think he probably says it often that if you don't tell your money where to go, you will wonder where it went. <laughs> that is true. If you don't tell it where to go, you'll wonder where it went. And if people don't steward what they have, why would God ever bless you with anything greater when you don't even take care of or watch over the things you already have? Maybe some of you have felt like that with your, your children at some point. It's like they got this toy or they got this game or they got a, a tablet of some sort or whatever, and they don't take care of it. They drop it, crack the screen. It's like, why do you keep buying these things? Why do you keep putting these things in your children's hand? Why do you keep, I don't, I've told them flat out, you bust that, you crack that again, you won't be having any. Because I'm not going to put something into the hands of my child that they don't have an appreciation for, that they don't respect, and that they can't steward properly. We're not just raising up spoiled brats. We're raising up people that steward what's been put into their hands. That's what God's looking for. Faithful stewards. You say, well, I'll tithe when I get some more money. You don't tithe now. I'm talking about those that are unfaithful. You're not, they're not tithing now. Why would God ever give them a $10,000 a month income when they won't tithe on a $1,000 a month income. And they do things that are not intelligent. See, God's looking for faithful stewards. You've been faithful over a little. Now I'll make you ruler over much. Let's look at that phrase for a minute. You've been faithful over a little. People misquote this all the time. I see my friend Jay Atkins on. Uh, people misquote this all the time. You've been faithful over a little. And now I'm going to give you, I'll make you faithful over much. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say you've been faithful over a little. Now I'll make you faithful over much. It said, you've been faithful over a little. Now I'll make you ruler over much. So it doesn't just bring increase. It brings promotion because you didn't used to be ruler. He didn't say you've been a ruler over a little. Now I'll make, he said, you were faithful over a little but now I'll make you ruler over much. 
That means that you will rule over people that are being faithful. See, it's not just increase, it's promotion. It's not just increase, it's promotion. I had a, 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 a we, we would te- I've taught these principles uh, all the way back since I was a youth pastor. And I have young people uh, getting the best jobs that could possibly be had at 18 years old. And I remember one kid came back and uh, he was telling me, he said, oh man, you got to pray for me now. I was like, dude, what did you do? How are you already in trouble? You just got the job like two months ago. He's like, no. He's like, I've done such a great job that uh, the regional manager came through and saw how good of a job I was doing and promoted me to the local store manager. He said, there's people that are now mad at me because they've been there longer and they're older than me, but they now work for me because they saw my faithfulness. And I got people 30 years old and 28 years old that are now, I'm the manager over them. He's 18. And I remember getting this story and it's just laughing because I realized that if you're faithful over a little, I'll make you ruler over much. It's not just increase, it's promotion on top of the increase. Right? Jess makes a great point. She said, people who live paycheck to paycheck always live that way, whether they have a little or a lot. There will never be enough to tithe. Why? Because they don't, they do not value tithing. They don't value God. They don't value his ways. See, when you put God first, he puts you first. We talked about this before, uh, and, and we coined this term. Some of you remember on the broadcast, we coined this term kingdom slice. How many remember that? If you do put it in the comments, hashtag kingdom slice. We coined that term because we were looking at our outgo for the year. What went out of my hands? What went out of my house? What went out of my hands? What went out of my house? How much went out to rent or mortgage? How much went out to insurance? How much went out to car payments? How much went out to entertainment? How much went out to vacation? right? How much went out to tithing? How much went out to offerings? And what we determined was the goal and my goal anyway, which God has been faithful to allow us to do every year for, I don't know how many years now that when I look at that slice, if we made it into a pie chart, I love you, Isaiah. If we made it into a pie chart, we'd look at that and say, okay, which slice of the pie is the biggest slice? Is it my mortgage? Is it my insurance? Is it my uh, entertainment vacations? Is it what I I enjoy buying for myself? Or was the biggest slice of the pie, and I thank God for this, my tithes and my offerings? And I'm going to tell you something. God will do the same thing for you. He's done it for us for I don't know how many years now. That when we look at the end of the year, the biggest slice of the pie is always what we sow into the kingdom of God. The largest percentage of our outgo is not ever mortgage. It's not car. It's not insurance. It's not vacations and entertainment. It's not large purchases. You know what it is? It's the kingdom. And I can only tell you that the only reason that I can stand in a place of overflow and abundance and the blessing of the Lord is because without a doubt, I can prove it on paper that I've put him first. Kingdom slice. The kingdom slice should be the biggest slice. And because it is, I'll never lack for any good thing. You'll never lack for any good thing. If you put God first, he puts you first, right? And so the key, remember what I told you from Malachi chapter three, the Bible says God has a book of remembrance where he is logging the words and actions of the righteous. And though others may forget them, God will not. He'll reward you for what you've done in faithfulness and dedication to his kingdom without question. Without question. And so you know what? (laughs) Jay said the second biggest slice, Marshall's and TJ Maxx, Amy's wardrobe. (laughs) Well, you have to have new outfits for stick with the plan. So you understand can't be wearing the same thing every, every video, Jay, come on. Um, (laughs) you have to understand that the kingdom slice has to be the biggest slice. Now, maybe you're not there yet. It's a goal for you that maybe in 2022, as we're moving forward, you'll make, 
your uh, goal. You know what, God? I want your, what I give you, what I release to the kingdom, I want that to be the biggest part of my life. God will do that. God will easily do that. Why? Why, do I, why can I say such a thing? Because the Bible tells us he gives seed to the sower. Hallelujah. He gives seed to the sower. Once he identifies you as a sower, hallelujah. Once he identifies you as a sower, seeds being released. Seed is being released. You know, what's crazy. We were recently at a meeting and, uh, Carolyn and I felt to sow quite a bit, you know? And so we were like, you know what? We've already been sowing a ton this year and we've got plans to sow very big seeds yet. I said, you know what? I feel to sow here too. Let's sow again. And so we chose to sow and we were like, you know what? We're just going to do it. We're going to, I'm going to sow in the offerings. We're going to sow to the man of God personally, and we're going to, we're going to bless them. And so we sowed to the offering. We sowed to the man of God. I mean, and we, we were, we were literally, this is so funny because this, this shows me exactly how faithful God is. We're walking out of the service. Hear me. We're walking out of the service and somebody comes up to us and hands us money that was more than (laughs) what we'd already just, I mean, just sown. And it wasn't a small amount. It was a large amount. And I thought to myself, now that's not my harvest. That's not my harvest. The moment I met, made up in my mind, see, here's where people miss it. They would have looked at that and said, well, there's my harvest. No, no, no. That's not my harvest. That, that wasn't even close to my harvest because it was just over what we released. It was God showing me that you came here and you'd already done a lot for me. You've already planned to do more for me, but you decided again to do more for my kingdom. Let me give seed to the sower. Let me give seed to the sower. And he didn't notice this. He didn't give it to me before I sowed. He gave it to me after I sowed. Sometimes God will check your heart and see if you're going to release it. And the moment, I mean, the moment we released it, somebody walks up and puts that in our hands. And says, I just felt to bless you. Well, I know what it is. It is God using that person to, to give seed to the sower. You know, what's amazing. And I knew because it, it was, you know, it's an amount of money that you're not going to like just throw away. It was, you know, I don't ever want to sow in such a way where it's like, doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I've taught that on this broadcast. So I'm never going to go to some offering and sow some amount of money that doesn't mean anything to me. It's going to mean something. If I release it, it's going to mean something. And, uh, that was God showing me that though in the moment it meant something, though in the moment you felt it in your flesh and you felt it and it was like, man, this is going to be, this obviously takes faith. He said, I will, I will provide seed for you so that these things are easy for you to do. Easy for you to do. Love you, Jay. And I said, you know what? That's, that's what God's doing. He's giving seed to the sower. That's what he promised to do. So what is the key? God's got to identify you as that. Well, the only way he's going to identify you as that is by you taking those actions that define who you are. That's it. God is going to watch your life. He's watching mine. He's watching yours. Is he going to identify you as a seed sower, as a generous giver? If he does, then the promise is there. He will give seed to the sower. Now, one of the things I'm sure you've heard plenty of times is that you've got to be discerning then when a seed comes into your hand. Here's, here's a, a principle that to, to write down and keep with you always. Everything that comes into your hand is not for you. Jay Adkins is on. He's a perfect example of that. We were at a camp meeting together one time and Jay and I were at the altar after the service and, um, Jay remarked on a watch that I had that uh, there was a, a Rolex that somebody had blessed me with that I had, I was wearing for the, at the camp meeting. And he said, that's nice. And I felt there right in the moment, the Holy spirit say, take that Rolex off and give it to Jay. 
And so I obeyed the Holy Spirit and I took it off and gave it to Jay. Well, Jay told me later, and this, you see, these things don't bother me a bit because I understand seed time and harvest. Jay told me later, he said, I knew at the moment that you sowed that watch into me, I knew that it wasn't for me. I knew it was for me to sow into this other minister that I knew. Well, what was happening? Jay was discerning enough to know that God wasn't bringing him a harvest. God was giving seed to the sower, right? So yes, he received it, took the Rolex that I blessed him with, but he knew this is not a harvest for me. This is a seed for me. And he said, I knew as soon as you gave it to me, who it was supposed to be for. And then he blessed that minister with that watch. But understand something. That's the difference between identifying God giving seed to the sower and your harvest coming in. Because your harvest is for you, but the seed is for sowing. So you catch this and understand it. If you don't make that distinction and then you consume the seed that was supposed to go out, you're canceling your own harvest and telling God, I'm not always faithful when you put these seeds in my hand. Sometimes I eat them. (laughs) Sometimes I eat them. Sometimes I consume them upon my own lusts. And that's what people do. And then I don't know why I'm not blessed. I don't know where my harvest is. You're consuming your own seed and it's holding back your harvest. It's holding back your harvest. And see, that's why when that thing comes into your hand, you got to identify, got to identify. This is seed. This is not for me. This is seed. This is to release to God. I'm not going to consume it upon my own lust. You know, one of the interesting things, because God knows your heart, I, um, I was on a, at another revival. And when I was at another revival, I had a nice watch on that my wife had purchased for me for Christmas one year. And, uh, as I'm sitting there, this is, this is amazing to me how God functions. I'm sitting there in the service. And as I'm sitting there, the Lord begins to speak to me. He said, there's a young evangelist here who, uh, is at the same revival. He said, I want you to, to give that watch to that young evangelist. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. I will absolutely do it. Um, and it was amazing because I didn't, oh, I remember what it was. I didn't have the watch on that night. I had another watch on, the other one was back at the house. And I said, as soon as I get back to it, I will give that watch to that evangelist, to that young evangelist. And, um, it was insane because I had made up in my mind, sitting in the revival, when the Lord spoke to me, I just made up my mind, yes, Lord. As soon as I get back to that watch that my wife bought for me, I will sew it to that evangelist. No question, I will do it. Well, I hadn't even taken the action of sewing yet. I just said yes in my heart to God. Well, God must have believed me. I must have shown myself to this point to be a faithful enough giver that when I just said yes in my heart, God believed me. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because I, uh, I left the service and I went to spend time with the minister whose service we were in. It was Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And I went up, he said, come on up to the office. So we went up to his office and I went in to sit down and talk to him with some other people. And he said, uh, you like watches, don't you? Like out of the blue. Like he said this out of his spirit. He said, you like watches, don't you? I said, you know, I do. He said, which watches do you have? Yeah, you have some. And I said, we just started talking about watches. And he went and walked into his closet. And he came out and said, check this one out. This is a cool watch. And he pulled out a very nice watch. Very nice. And um, he handed me, he said, check that one out. And I looked at it. I was like, yeah, this, this is really a really nice watch. And he said, you know what? That's for you. You keep it. I said, are you serious? Yeah. He said, I want you to have that one. And I looked at it. Beautiful, beautiful watch. But I want you to catch this. That watch that he gave me was worth over three times the one that I was getting ready to sew to that young evangelist. Now, here's a crazy thing. God 
so trusted me as a sower that he took my yes in my heart as though it was already done. Think about this as though it was already done (laughs) and then gave me my harvest because he believed what I said in my heart. Now you think about this because uh, Jesus taught in the new Testament that if sin can work that way, right? If sin can work that way, why can't righteousness work that way? You say, what are you talking about? Well, the Lord said, if you have built up hate and murder in your heart, whatever, it's like you've already done it. That's what Jesus said. He said in this new commandment, in this new covenant, if it's already been done in your heart, it's like you've already done it. So if it works that way for sin, why wouldn't it work that way for righteousness? To where if you've already made up in your heart and in your spirit to do something for God and said yes, and you know that when you get back to the place where you have the opportunity to actually do it, it's done, why wouldn't it work like that for the Lord? And it did for me. Because I didn't have the ability at that moment because I didn't have it with me. But I said, as soon as I get back, it's done. God trusted it because it was done in my heart. Stewardship, realizing everything in your hand is not for you. Everything in your hand is not for you. Now, let me talk about another level of stewardship that some people, uh, they never get to. What if, because here's the thing, you're never going to have to suffer to give to God. Now I'm going to explain what I mean by that. When you understand that giving brings increase, giving brings increase. You're not going to suffer to give to God. God is going to bless you for what you sow. Now get this. If that's the case, you know, you're not going to ever go backwards by giving. You only move forward. But when you're in the moments as you start out and you say, you know what? I want to set a goal. I want to make up my mind. Somebody put it in the comments a moment ago. I want 2022. I want my giving to double. Okay. Nancy uh, asked the question, can you sow in your heart if you want to sow, but don't have the seed? Let me tackle this question first from a couple of different uh, views. And, And Nancy, I just want to give you this biblically because it's a good question. First of all, if you're, That means you're, if you're in that position, it means you're starting out in giving because if you don't have seed, then it means God doesn't view you as a sower because the Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, which Caitlin mentioned earlier, which I will get to, but that means you're starting out. If you want to sow and you don't have any seed to sow, it means God doesn't, has not seen you in the past as a sower because he gives, he provides seed for the sower. So if it were me, if I was at that point, I would say, Lord, I'm sorry if you have not viewed me as a sower in the past. From this day forward, I vow to you to be a sower, a tither and a sower. And I pray that you would put seed in my hand. I pray that you would release seed into my hand. And then when that seed comes, be faithful to sow it. Be faithful to sow it. It's an excellent question. The other side of that is this. Have you ever considered this? Because there are times, I believe, when God tests you to see if you love him more or yourself more. There are no question that God tests you along those lines. There's only been one time in our, at, to this point in my life when God has told me and Carolyn to give every single amount, of, a bit of money we have away. There's only been once and we did it. Everything we had, checking, savings, money market, everything we had, we, get, we emptied it to zero and gave it. That's only happened once. But we obeyed. But we obeyed. God wants to see, what do you think is greater? Your savings? Your money market? Your 401k? What's great? There's times when he'll, when he'll test you. Now, it's not all the time. God's not going to always tell you every single time you're given to give everything you have away. But 
Did you ever think about this portioning out? So let me give you an example for that person that said, I want my giving to double in 2022. If that were me, there's two things I'd do. Two things I would do. First, I'd say, all right, what did I give last year? Let's just use a round number. I gave $10,000. In a 12-month period, I gave $10,000. That's $833 a month if you gave $10,000. $833 a month, right? And you gave it. And that includes tithes and offerings. Okay. Well, now I look at that and say, I want to double that. I want to give $1,666 every month in 2022. But I bring in $3,500 a month. I'm not saying that super, supernatural things aren't going to happen. But you know what I would do? I would say, you know what? I'm going to take active steps so God sees my faithfulness. I'm going to, until seed comes into my hand, I'll do it on my own strength and power. I will cut things out of my budget. I'll cut things out. I'm not going out to eat. I'm not going to the movies. I'm, you know why? Because I have a different allocation for those funds. You know what it is? I'm doubling my giving in 2022. You know what's crazy? Because there's people that will do this. There's people that will do this for vacations. There's people that'll do this to pay off debt. There's people that do this for so many other reasons. A child's getting married and they want to save up money for the wedding. There's all kinds of reasons people do this same exact thing. Well, we're not doing any extra right now. We're cutting out, going to the movies. We're cutting out, eating out. We're cutting out all these entertainment. We're canceling Netflix. All those things. Now, I'm not saying you can't be blessed and do both. You can. But I'm going to tell you what I would do if I was just starting that out. Yes, I'd pray. Yes, I'd ask God, give seed to me, Lord. I'm going to do more for your kingdom. And he's going to do that. That's what he does, as I've already taught. That's how he functions. That's how he operates. But where's your plan? Where's your plan? If you say, I want to give double to the, that's not going to randomly happen. I want to give double to the Lord this year than I did last year. Okay, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Because you know, it's not like it's some uh, vague, it's like, I know I know what my number was last year and I know what it needs to be for my goal this year. I know every month what I'm going to have to break down. It's going to go from 833 a month to 1666 a month. You're welcome, Nancy. So yes, I'm going to pray. Yes, I'm going to ask. Yes, I'm going to believe. And yes, I'm going to allocate properly. But you know what? I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to make a plan. And you know what? I'll never lack for any good thing because the Lord's going to take care of me and he's going to watch out for me. Now, imagine this as you're doubling your giving, get ready for your harvest to explode, which means God's not going to keep you in some place of struggling every month where you're pulling your hair out and trying to figure out where each 50 cents is going to go. I understand that you can get to overflow where your budget's not making you or breaking you, but you should never get to a place in your life where you're so blessed that you stop caring about stewarding what God's blessed you with. Because that's just foolishness. That's just foolishness. Why would you ever waste God's money? You say, well, God doesn't need you saving him any money. No, I get that. I get that he's unlimited. I get that as a, as a, S.M. Lockridge said, no far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. I get that. I totally understand it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean the stewardship principle's not in place. It doesn't mean God's not. Think about this. Just because God has a lot, he's unlimited, doesn't mean that he looks down and wants to see unfaithful servants, (laughs) Right? Mildred Sanders makes the comment, I'm on a fixed income and have used my savings for tithes and offering. How do I sow on a small income? I give something, but not like I used to. My question, first of all, Mildred, is this. You said, I'm on a fixed income. Who fixed it? Who fixed it? There are so many things that can be done from home 
You say, well, I just have Social Security coming in anymore. I don't work anymore. That's all I have. Why is that all you have? There are so many things you can do from your computer. There are so many things you can do without ever leaving your home. God can give you ideas, take you to different levels of streams of income. You don't have to live your life on a social security check. You can do things. You're not dead. You're not dead and your brain has not stopped functioning just because you retired. There are things you can do that will bring you, God will give you ideas for streams of income that you've never had. You can make more money in retirement than you did when you were working. Don't ever, I'm on a fixed income. I get that they, that you have something that's fixed, but that's not all that you have. That's not all that you have. Ask God to speak to you and give you an idea and show you what to do. Let me tell you something. God will give you avenues of income. You never even thought possible. Never thought possible. You'll be blown away to see what God will anoint your mind to learn. And then for you to actually do blow your mind. So many things you can do. So many things you can do for extra money. And then as you use that, you know what I did when I was working at the church, I said, you know, I'm going to do something on the side just because I want to have more money to sow. Amen. Mildred, you're anointed. You have the ability to overflow. Yeah. You know what? That's what I, I understand that, but you know what, Kathy, I would rather not be on disability, make the money God has for me to make and pay it back. See, I don't want to live on a poverty mentality there. I've seen people, there was, there was someone that got healed in one of the meetings (laughs) and their attorney was upset that they got a miracle because they said, why didn't you wait until your, uh, your settlement from your job went through? Or why didn't you wait until the court case was done before you got your healing at that revival? <laughs> I mean, like literally they would, that's how much they love money. They'd rather love the money than get their body healed and have God work a miracle. What are you going to tell God? Hey, hang on to that miracle for just a second. But I'm not going to live in a poverty mentality where I'm sitting around people like, you know what, if I do that, that's, that's what people are doing now. That's why you can't get anybody. That's why you got Taco Bell's closing at 4 PM because people would rather sit home collecting a check than they would to work. And just because you have disability doesn't mean you can't work. You may not be able to do manual labor, but there's so many things that you can do in front of a computer that there's no excuse in 2021. Yeah, I'm sure we can get into that, Nancy, for sure. But I mean, I want you to think about that. I'm not going to have a poverty mentality and say, well, they'll take my disability away. Man can never provide for you what God can provide for you. A few different views. There's only one way to do it, Jody. You give 10% of your gross increase to God. That's literally the only way to do it. That's how tithing works. I give 10% of my gross increase to God every month, every month. Oh no, Robert, you're looking at the wrong stuff. I'm talking about starting your own things, start your own things. Don't wait for somebody to give you a job, start your own stuff. Do you know how much money people are making from flipping things online? There's people making 50, 60 extra thousand dollars a year going to yard sales, buying stuff, cleaning it up and selling it on Facebook marketplace. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. There's so many things you can do online to make money. And people are so locked into this way of thinking that they don't ever take steps of faith to go do something else. You just go do something else and let God bless it. But you have to have a plan. It just doesn't randomly happen is the point I'm making. And if there's people that will save, oh, no, no, no. It's not just personal. It's not just personal, Jody. Any increase. This ministry is not my personal life, but it tithes. This ministry tithes. Every single time increase comes to this ministry, tithes go out. This ministry sows, and it's a corporation. See? God will bless you. God will bless you. 
Amen, Lena. He is able. He is able. And the key is, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful with what he's already put in my hand. Like Mildred said, Mildred, you can bake cakes. You can have the best cake baking business. Let me tell you something. If you've not taught, have you not heard us talk about Britt Lukens, who's usually on, on here with us making those cake pops. If she can make cake pops from home with her kids and she can take all these orders and have people and sell these cake pops and ship these cake pops, Mildred, you can do the same with cakes. Cakes, pies, whatever. If you start doing pies, I might be your first customer. Pumpkin and cherry. Come on, somebody. See what I mean? There's all kinds of things. And God will give you the, you can have the desires of your heart and do it and honor God with it. And as you honor God with it, what that faithfulness do? Takes you into increase in promotion. So when I was on staff at the church, I made up my mind. I want to start another business on the side just to have sewing money, extra sewing money. Started doing it. It blew up so hardcore. I didn't have time to take all of the jobs that were coming in. I was doing graphics design and marketing. Uh, and I had, I didn't have time to take all. I literally had to change the, my website to a splash page that said under construction. So people would stop contacting me. And they didn't stop contacting me because it was word of mouth and people would give other people my number. And I had to just tell them, I'm sorry, I can't take any more work at the time. You think about that, to start a business from home where you've got so much business, you can't do it all. And you have to like bring it, you have to pare it down. It's like, God did that. You know why? Because I dedicated that business to him. I said, I'm going to do this so that, so that I can be a greater blessing to the kingdom. Exactly, Shanette. Shanette said, create a brand, create a social media presence, start baking, uploading quality content images, believe the Lord will bring you customers. Yeah, advertise it. Start giving, you know what, Shanette, start giving them away. Go to people you know. I'm starting to do this now. Make a few freebies, give them to people. Tell them, show them how good you are at baking cakes and pies. And I'm just telling you, God, God will bless you. God will bless you. I can tell from a lot, a lot of these com, com, comments that it's time for me and Tiffany to do another broadcast on business. Because it needs to be done. And people, you know, God has ways to bless people and they're just not ready to be blessed because they're not in position. It's time to be in position. But don't ever believe this lie that faithfulness and stewardship go out the window because you're going to step into the overflow. You won't step into the overflow if the stewardship's not in place. That's a myth. People don't ever believe this lie. That's just, well, you're going to get to the place where you won't have to sit down. Listen, if that's the way you treat what God's giving you, why would he give you more? Why would he give you more? See, and I, and I love these comments on the next year. I want to do more than I did last year. Next year. I want to do double good, do it, but make a plan. And if there's people that will save Uh, to go on vacation. And if they'll save to uh, start a business, if they'll save uh, for their child's uh, wedding, if they'll save uh, for all those things, why would we not save to sow? And it's not, I'm not saying God's not going to bless you and he's not going to give seed to the sower, but why would you not take practical steps that God can see and say, you know what? I can bless them abundantly. I can take them into the overflow and he will. And he absolutely will. I want to pray for you today because it's interesting. Like my, like my cousin tweeted in 2020, we had to believe for physical miracles, healing miracles in 2021. People have had to believe for financial miracles because people were losing jobs. Like Lena said, people were, and and it's just true. We're going to have to put our faith in God in these final days. I don't know why people haven't been doing that to start with, but we're going to have to do it. And so I want to pray for you today and I want to ask God that not only would he put seed into your hands for sowing, the thing I didn't get to today, which I could talk about it for another 45 minutes, that, that scripture says he gives seed to the sower and 
bread to the eater. I want you to see this. The eater and the sower are the same person. And the bread is not your harvest. The bread is just sustaining you until your harvest. You sow seed, but you still have bread to eat. And you're sustained until you're at your harvest. Amen. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray, number one, that as your heart is there to do these things, God would locate you and supernaturally put seed into your hand before this year comes to an end. Why? We need to prepare ourselves for this upcoming year. Give seed to the sower. I want to pray that God would give you ideas like you've never had to make money for the kingdom of God. So that you'll be raised up as what I call a pillar of generosity. Sowing. Kingdom slice will be the biggest slice. Amen. Amen, Lena. And I want to believe God that 2022 will be your greatest year of increase that you've ever seen by far, by far. And I believe the Lord's going to do it. He's going to do it. Father, I come to you in Jesus name. I thank you for every faithful member of the victory tribe that's connected. I pray Lord, those that have not had the ability to sow like they want to sow as their hearts are turned toward you today, put seed in their hand. We're asking you, Your word declares you give seed to the sower. Lord, would you release seed to your people today, supernaturally, that they wouldn't even understand how it came, like the testimony we recently got. Woke up in the morning with $2,000 extra in my bank account. Do it for them, Lord, supernaturally. Give seed to the sower so that we can not only bless your kingdom, but be a blessing to others and see our harvest come to pass. Number two, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and give us ideas that we've never had before. Business ideas we've never had before. To continue to increase, to continue to expand and be promoted. Give us a heart for your kingdom. Let us be faithful stewards of what you've placed into our hand. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we expect that kind of increase. Now, Lord, we ask you, let 2022 be the greatest year of financial increase and faithfulness that we have ever seen in our lives. In Jesus' name, let it blow the minds of natural men to see what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I want you to take a step of faith on that today, on that same teaching. I want you to sow a seed by faith. What have we set our faith for this at the end of this year? To put the largest seed in the ground we've ever sown. Largest we've ever sown. And so what's that going to be for you? What is that for you? Your business, your ministry, your personal life. Maybe you've never sown from your business before. Maybe you've never sown from your ministry before. Now's the time. God has a plan to increase you exponentially. And so you need to take that step of faith and say, Lord, what is it that's going to move my faith and move your hand before the new year begins? And then take a step of faith to do it. There on the screen, you see miracleword.com where you can sow your seed. You can use any digital avenue to sow as well. All of them are on the website. You can send a check if you want made payable to miracle word and uh, all of our pages of the website have the address at the bottom but I want to encourage you to do it. I'm challenging you to sow like you've never sown, believing for this year of 2022, divine possession. We'll have what we've never had in the mighty name of Jesus. We will hold what we've never held. For those that are sowing in the month of December, Pastor Mark Hankins has a wonderful book that he released that we're going to be putting into your hands as well. And uh, I love Pastor Mark so very much. Uh, He's been a great blessing over the years to our family. His book, Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural, is yours this month as you're standing partnership with us. And uh, we say thank you. If you want to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and fill out the form. We know where to send it. And then, of course, if you're sowing largely, which I'm expecting that you're going to do because this is a this end of the year, we're preparing ourselves for this explosive increase of 2022. Those that sowing $1,000 or more, we're going to send you along with that uh, 
a life application study Bible, genuine leather. I'm going to sign it to you. And then if you've sown $5,000 or more, whether from your business, ministry, personally, whatever, we're going to be sending you the elite study collection, which is something that I personally put together with a keepsake box, a hundred thousand notes on the Bible, uh, from scholars. And this, this is like, in my opinion, best study tools that a spirit filled Christian can own to start off. Uh, this is a great pack. We put it together for you for anybody sewing $5,000 or more. So thank you for standing with me and Carolyn. If you're not signed up to receive our magazine, a new one's getting ready to ship out for the new year with all of the, uh, the word that we've been releasing. We've got uh, articles to build your faith. This is the biggest one we've ever done. And uh, you don't wanna miss it. Go to miracleword.com forward slash live. Sign up there to receive it. And every time one comes out, you'll get it. If you're overseas, you'll get a digital copy of it and um, it'll build your faith. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I love you guys so very much. Thanks for hanging with me again today. And uh, I pray you have a blessed day. Thank you for sowing seed. Thank you for standing with us. I love you more than you know. I'll talk to you again very soon. Have a good one. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.